The Evolved Succeed podcast, where founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and experts are interviewed to explore the link between personal and business success. We will also investigate and establish the need for ongoing personal development, accountability, and support. The objective is to inspire you, the audience, to be better in life and in business. Hello, I am Warren Munson, founder of Inspire and Evolve, and my guest on this week's episode of the Evolve to Succeed podcast is Chris Manning. This podcast with Chris came about just through chance, a chance exchange on social media about resilience and mental health. And as a result, we decided, as we were local to each other, to get together for a coffee where we spoke about the power of intention, resilience, being present in the moment, as well as mental health and well-being. As a result of that coffee, I wanted to share with you some of the lessons that Chris has learned along his way and along his own journey, how he has evolved as an entertainer, actor, filmmaker, business owner, and father. Among other things during the course of this episode, Chris gives a fascinating insight into his experience of working on the award-winning movie, 1917. It was just an absolute joy to have had the opportunity to have worked on something that's become cinematic history. Discusses his experience of going off-grid with his family for seven months. You know, creativity came back, our health improved, our health improved. Um, again, it was like describing what happened when I worked on 1917. It felt like uh, an awakening, a wonderful awakening. And how for him, success is all about balance. Success has been able to have almost as much time with your family as you do the thing that you love. I really do hope you enjoy this episode of the Evolve to Succeed podcast and let's get on with the show. Welcome, Chris, to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Great to have you as a guest. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me in. What a lovely room to uh, to yeah. chat to you in as well. So Very we're in the cool. Podcast Lab's new studio, aren't we? We are indeed. I like this. This is uh, it's quite cosy, very relaxed yeah. and nice and quiet as well. Really chilled out space. Cup of coffee in our hands and a couple of armchairs. Coffee's good. We're sorted, are Company's we? good. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having good. me in. Appreciate it. So this whole podcast came from, you know, actually it was a social media exchange that you and I had around you know, recent events, yeah. those issues around mental health, mm. resilience and all of those things. And we said, well, let's hook up for a coffee. We had that coffee we did. a week or so ago. Indeed we did. And the uh, outcome of that was actually I wanted you to share some of your thoughts with our listeners mm. around such matters as resilience, mental health, intention. Yes, absolutely. And uh, going off grid. Mm. So... Let's just kick off. I think there's an interesting story that you've got personally about your recent journey. Yeah, sure. And this piece around kind of intention. And I always think back to the Steve Jobs quote, which mm. is, you don't sometimes realise, you don't join up the dots, you don't realise how you've got somewhere until you look back. Yeah. And I think you've got a really interesting story there. Bless you. Yeah, I have. Indeed, I have. Well, as you know, um, most of my career has been in and around live music. Yeah. So my first ever job that went back 20 plus years was was live performance at Holiday Park in, in Butlins Minehead, right. 1997. Is that a red coat job? It, well, it? it was a show red. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, you know, it sort of big it up even more than it was. Uh, a show red. So we were employed as professional singers to okay. uh, perform every night. Uh, we did about 15 shows a week in front of 2,000 people every night for nine months of the year with a few weeks off for Christmas and all of that. So that's essentially where my career started all those years ago. But 
during uh, that time, a number of different changes have happened. Obviously, I've got three kids now and family. And in recent times, um, I decided to kind of go back to another love, um, yeah. another passion of mine, which is obviously acting and filmmaking, because I loved all of that as a younger as a younger guy. And I felt like I needed to just kind of change the direction um, from what I had been doing whilst maintaining the music, just have something else that's creative, that's, uh, that's uh, another means for me to um, explore the creative side of my personality and by putting myself out there in a different, in yeah, a different, different way. different guys to something that perhaps yeah. people have got to know you as. Absolutely. Which is that kind of singer, entertainer. Yeah. 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 So I think it was actually this time last year. Okay. Um, I got a tip off from a friend of mine, Taron Egerton, who's the younger brother of, um, sorry, not Taron Egerton, his younger brother, Sebastian. Yeah. So as we know, Taron Egerton's doing very, very well with his yeah. Elton John flicks and uh, all the other success he's had. So I've been, I was working with his younger brother on a, on a small pr- uh, project and he very kindly tipped me off and said, there's an open casting coming out for a, a World War One film in Salisbury. So I, uh, I thought, what a great, what a great thing for him to tell me. Um, it was nice of him to tell me, and it was a great opportunity. So I did what was necessary, you know, filled out the the online um, with the agency, the casting agency, filled it all out. It was I only had the opportunity to do it that day um, because it was a one day thing, one time opportunity. Uh, yes, 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 I'm available. Uh, I can be there at this time today. It was quite late in the afternoon, and as soon as I pressed yes, I got an email that bounced back almost straight away to say. Chris, thanks for coming back to us. Thanks for registering. But unfortunately, it's, we're sad to hear that you can't make it. And I was thinking, oh, that, that doesn't I make said, sense. Yes, yes, I said yes, yes, yes to you? everything. <laughs> so the tenacious kind of part of me was like, I'm not having that. <laughs> and that's kind of how I've, I've lived my life. You know, if anything, sort of a hurdle has sort of presented itself right from the off. Because obviously my intention was, my, it was already there before yeah. beforehand you know i'd already gone back to university for three months i started making films i'd worked on a number of fantastic projects locally but i really wanted to immerse myself in something bigger mm. and get the experience and just be around a bigger production so i thought well this could be a great and i suppose that's something. it isn't it? it's not just mm. the acting it's seeing how a filmmaker of that stature makes a great film absolutely i mean it's just it's all wonderful a wonderful experience so going back to that scenario i just got in my car Drove to Salisbury, arrived there and realised that I, I think I'd missed the opportunity. But there was a very kind assistant uh, who said to me, look, just in you go. There's a there's a yeah. registration street, uh, sheet. Fill it out. Uh, you might have to audition, which I had to do. I did all of that at the very last minute, managed to get in. And then I got an email two weeks later from the production company saying, you've been selected as a supporting artiste yeah. um, <laughs> that for, sounds very grand. <laughs> for 1917. And none of us knew what this 1917 yeah. film was about. None of us knew. Okay. Um, and then obviously that led to uh, a boot camp scenario where the military advisor had trained us for a couple of weeks and we had to go through a whole whole range of auditions, which was really tough, you know, and I didn't really expect it to be that no. tough. I thought <laughs> I'd just turn up and say a few lines and hopefully get in. acting, Mark, is a bit yeah, more difficult. <laughs> yeah. It was really tough. So psychologically and physically it was tough, but I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the process. And then we were I was lucky enough to work on the film for the best part of just over two months on three separate blocks of the film. And obviously now that it's come out, yeah. Um, and it's won Golden Globes and it's won the Oscars and, and BAFTAs. It was just an absolute joy to have had the opportunity to have worked on something that's become cinematic history. You know, it's yeah. it really, it's nothing, uh, nothing ever like it's been done before. So for me, it was hugely uplifting from a creative point of view, having realised that uh, this is how things really are and taking that experience back with me and tr- sort of, um, using that sort of ex- taking that excitement home with me, 
and, and saying, you know, when you're working on something that big, you do want to maintain that. And obviously it's not possible to maintain that as a, as a sort of uh, filmmaker myself, independent filmmaker, but you do take yeah. elements from it. Uh, and take it with you. You see how things are done at a different yeah. level, don't you? And mm. but again, it's a great story and and one that applies to those in business, isn't it? That actually don't all, don't accept that automatic no. Yeah. Have that guts, that determination to follow through because it would have been easy to think when I've done that, but clearly yeah. it's closed. I'm Absolutely. out. But getting in your car, yeah, led to the opportunity. Yeah. What, what is interesting, and, and when we met for coffee, I think we both had our phones out at one point, <laughs> and you looked at it and I said, "Well, I've lived my life for mm. sev- several weeks." last summer without a phone yeah uh do you want to just tell the listeners a bit about that yeah that was a really sort of interesting experience because as a when you work on a a film as big as that or any sort of um, television drama or anything like that you security is a big issue so you have to check in your phone it goes into a secured box uh, and then you check it out at the end Mm. of the day so obviously on day one it was a little bit kind of unsettling at first because we're all very much used to clocking in checking in, scrolling through and, and having that kind of, yeah. that, that routine, which uh, sa- sadly, yeah, definitely sadly to say in, in my, it has affected me. Uh, not in, in the most po- in positive of, wa- of ways. Yeah. It's become a distraction, which is, is, is a little bit too much overwhelming. Yeah. I so think f- we'd all resonate yeah. with that, that our phones become, you know, we avoid sometimes everyday life because mm. the phone becomes the distraction. Yeah, so we had to uh, obviously check it, check them in, and as a result, you know, you're then in a scenario where it's just you, your fellow kind of uh, supporting actors, just a whole bunch of guys, none of which you've met or spent any time with, it's all brand new relationships, in quite a testing sort of environment physically mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the, the costume is very heavy, the weather was hot at times and obviously we're, we're sat in a, in a trench for the best part of three or four or five days at a time. So the one thing that, that really came from that for me was a genuine awakening. And that awakening was, it really felt like I went back to being me again. Mm-hmm. I felt, I genuinely felt like my personality was creeping through my skin and out into the world again and people acknowledged it. And I think what happens is, is that we all, if we all spend just a little bit too much time locked into social media and on our phones, we lose sight of who we really are, who, who we are. So for me, it was wonderful uh, because I'm, uh, I got to know some fantastic people who I still have those relationships yeah, with now. Great. And I, I'm trying very much to adopt and take that kind of discipline with me, try to take it with me as I kind of go through yeah. life now. And? And it's, it's, it's helping, but it's still, it's like a, it's a bit like marriage. It's a constant, it's a constant <laughs> challenge. Yeah. You know, we, we, we love, we love the ones that we're with, but it's every day you're, you have to, ch- you have to challenge yourself and be disciplined enough to go. That's work. That's the yeah. time that I need to put in, but there's a time to switch off now and yeah. use the, use your inner thoughts create a, a space where you can be creative and, and, and just get some balance back. Yeah. And also uh, being a father and having three kids as well, that's where it gets really tough. Yeah. You know, it is, I, I you want know. to spend time with my kids and don't, we all? Yeah. don't want to influence them in the wrong way. So I'd also like to just explore um, this, this area, whole area of resilience, because, you know, some from your kind of Butlins days to them, some very early success. Mm. Um, and then a kind of journey from there, which has probably ebbed and flowed at times. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And probably some highs and lows that can affect you personally, mm. affect relationships, affect your mental health at times. Yeah, oh God, yeah, absolutely, without a doubt, yeah. yeah. 
So how's that journey been? <laughs> Where do we start? Well, that's a really big a, open question. Big isn't it? How's that journey been? It's um, it's been a yeah. I mean, a roller coaster would be the what you know the, the yeah. easy way to put it. It's not. I'm not on that roller coaster anymore. Yeah. Um, the reason why I describe it as a roller coaster is because the industry is very much up and down. So obviously, I was lucky enough to have success with Fame, Acad- uh, Fame Academy back in 2003, and that was a huge uplift. You know, it's a huge. Um, it's a huge experience mm. to be able to have to present yourself and stay cool under pressure and, you know, deliver what's needed of you and, and try your absolute best. So coming out of that experience was tough, but I managed to kind of get through it because I maintained the work mm. and the touring and the gigs and that was all fine. But it really, I think the toughest time for me with regards to resilience and sort of coming through it from a mental health perspective was probably in my, my late 20s. Okay. Yeah. I think what I decided to do was... Just take a bit of time out and study the world, the mechanics, the way in which the world works in ways that I hadn't done previously. But I, it was through genuine curiosity. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to know more about language and law and um, politics. So I spent a, probably the best part of two to three years immersing myself in all of those subjects, okay. which was wonderful on one hand, because I was learning a huge amount uh, in a short space of time. A bit like that film Limitless, when you sort of you open the door, you feel like you've you've taken on a bit of knowledge, and then you want a little bit more. But as a result, it was quite overwhelming. Yeah. It was, you know, I'm not going to lie. So, it took me a little bit of time to then readjust again to okay. kind of getting back to a focused way of of living. Because okay. sometimes when you kind of go off into the rabbit hole, as it were, yeah. and you peel back the layers, it can be quite a, a tough place, place to we be. We can. We can all do that at times. We can, yeah. It's quite easily done. But I found a way out, you know, and um, I think for me, the one thing that I remember, somebody, it was actually Lamar actually on Fame Academy said to me once, that if you want something to happen and you've got a goal, it's, it's all about kind of preparation, preparing for it to happen. So I kind of already knew that, but it was nice to be reminded when we had follow-up conversations years later about where to go next and what to do. You know, so preparation, opportunity, success. If you prepare yeah. for the thing that you want, you're likely to put yourself in a scenario where the opportunity will happen. But in order for it to happen, for it to be a success, you've got to do that prep. So preparation, opportunity definitely leads to success. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, it's got to. Which I'm sure you can appreciate as well. Yeah, and again, it relates to business as well. And and Mm. I suppose experiences you brought back into the business world as you have launched kind of the filmmaking and all of those other things that you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, I I took a bit of a risk with the whole kind of diversifying and going off into the film um, world. But I, I love it. I absolutely love it because I'm able to, I'm able to, create stories you know even if it's a business that needs something promoting there's still a story that needs to be told there i i loved going back to university uh, i went back to the arts university for yeah. three months that again that was quite tough at first because it had been 30 <laughs> 38 or however old i was yeah. it was like this feels a little bit odd but i really enjoyed the experience of going back because it wasn't that i didn't have the passion or didn't have the desire to do it but i lacked that little bit of confidence yeah because it was a new new area to kind of go into professionally so that really helped me with my confidence that's three months. It was like a night course, film, uh, a film course run at the Arts Institute, which was wonderful. But that really gave me the confidence to be able to then go to clients. Um, I'd already invested in the equipment. I'd already done a few trial films and really sort of sell myself as a independent filmmaker yeah. and, you know, videographer. And as a result, I've been really lucky to work with some fantastic businesses over the yeah. last 
12 months. But the great thing, though, is about acquiring new skills, isn't mm. it? Which I think in this modern world is what everybody needs. You know, business leaders, business owners need to do. They need to make sure their teams are doing that. I mean, the world is changing. It. It's one of the challenges is the world is changing at such a pace and there's so many distractions and so many opportunities. Mm. Which ones do you pursue and how do you develop the skills needed yeah. for the changing world? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a big, big old question. I think we all are aware of how unsettling the time in which we're living, mm. just, you know, if you just base it on politics, yeah. Brexit and, and all of that. And that uncertainty <clears throat> can lead to uh, leading you into a place where you're not quite sure where you need to go. But I think it's a, also a time to be brave and to be bold and to be bombastic. All the bees yeah. at a time like that, because... It's a, it's a bit of a, a reset for all of us, you know. We're in a we're we're entering a new time, therefore, that means new opportunities. Definitely, and you know, I think we all have to be quite brave and just go after what it is that we we, we love and we you know we feel that we we've got a, a chance to do. So I'm really happy about the fact that I've I've mixed it up and I've you know gone back to my film love because it's led to some wonderful, wonderful things off the back of 1917, led to a Netflix series, yeah. having spent you know time on that for six months. Really looking forward to seeing that come out and just meeting people. I think when, you, when you're in that environment, you're in front of people and you're meeting people. And I think for a lot of people, um, they have the desire and the love and they want to do it, but they're maybe not quite brave enough mm -hmm. to really push themselves and get out of the, the zone that they're in. Yeah. Um, so that can be tough, but it can be very rewarding at the same time. Just get yourself out of the place that you're in, immerse yourself in it, and take take those contacts, take those experiences, those relationships back with you, and develop them. And develop them, and, um, mm. and it's, it's it's that kind of adage that's going around at the moment, isn't it? Our children mm. of similar ages will probably have, you know, three or four different careers, whereas we probably grew up thinking we're going to be X. Yeah, like my dad that, was. Yeah. yeah, and that will follow that for the for the mm. rest of our career. Now, for us and our own generation. Mm. That hasn't been the case, but no. for our children, that, that that element of change is just going to be constant, isn't yeah. it? And I think we'll be all, we'll be able to help them with that, though. Yeah, because of what we've seen and and how we've had to yeah. change. So I'm quite I'm quite happy for my kids to tick all those boxes and try different things. And as long as they're happy, you know, as long as it's a genuine love and they're not, you know, there's some sincere, real kind of belief behind what it is that they're doing. Whatever, whether it's marine biology or pursuing. The bright lights like my daughter's you know she's she's wonderful and she's showing a you know a huge amount of potential in, in sort of performing arts yeah. and all of that but you know if she decides that she wants to do something else then i'll she'll have my support and i think that'll be cool i think it's great for all kids to uh, yeah do yeah. as much as they can in the early years and I'm take all those boxes with you, Chris. i think i might have said it on a, one of the earlier episodes of the podcast but you know my passion for my children is that they have some of those opportunities that perhaps i didn't hmm um, and when they then pursue those opportunities, they do it wholeheartedly. Yeah. And they're the best they can be Absolutely. doing what they're doing. They don't need to be the best. No. That so happens that they become the best in their field. Great. Yeah. But they, I just want them to have that attitude to push themselves, push themselves to their limits and be the best they can be at whatever they do. Yeah. But what's interesting, actually, just going back on that, is how do we teach our children to be adaptable? Because, <laughs> you know, it's that adaptability, actually, that I think is the modern skill set that we need in business. Yeah. That actually is the most important skill set that we could teach our children. I think it probably starts with relationships. Yeah. So it's about being 
being good, being kind and being focused on what you want to do. And also re- recognizing that we now live in a in a time where, again, we didn't have it growing up, but we're all connected mm-hmm. all over the world. You know, where we have this ability to communicate and connect with a lot of people like we're doing now yeah. you know, with this podcast. Um, so they have an opportunity to reach out and connect with so many more people than we had. And it's almost like if they don't realize how powerful that is, we kind of we need to kind of just say to them, look, this is how it was. You, this is how tough it was in order to build yeah. a business back in 1980s or the 90s. We didn't have the opportunities that we have now. So I think it's it's about making them realize how lucky they are to have these skills, to have this technology, whereas a lot of kids might be growing up through it and into it without actually fully appreciating that. Mm. So I think appreciating that they have this wonderful chance to connect with so many people and to share their whatever it is, uh, their business or their passion, uh, to build an audience, um, but also relationships. I think that's the key thing mm. first. But it's, I think that's it, but it's about meaningful relationships, mm. isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, 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 I, I think I even struggle with it now, Is it? and I've probably come around in the last few years to actually realising the importance for me yeah. of having those dozen really close friends yeah close people that you're close to that are the real i can say the real old fashioned <laughs> relationships yeah compared to needing for business and life mm-hmm. some great connections people that you really like spending some time with yeah but ultimately they're some connections they're connections yeah they're not real friends yeah yeah you know, a big difference that yeah you still need that depth don't you of people that you can know you can trust yeah and rely on and turn to in a crisis yeah no absolutely um because there's been some tough uh, tough times in my own life over the last five ten years just just through yeah. you know life challenges that come come your way and it's at those times really that you you realize who your absolute close friends are yeah. and the reason why they're there for you when it's tough uh, and that that stems from you being there for them when they needed you um i've got a, a really great friend at the minute who's completely turned his like life around yeah. in ways that that ways that I haven't in some respects because he's really you know really turned it around with his with his family and his job and everything but he wasn't in that place for a long long time and we're closer now than we've ever been because I never gave up on him he never gave up on me um and I think it's it's about keeping those people close to you uh, supporting them when they need you the absolute mm. most and being there for them and also you know we touched on mental health and how easy it is to to kind of skirt around the tough stuff and just yeah. keep, you know, trying to paint a picture that isn't necessarily real. So asking real questions and, t- and when you check in with friends or you check in with your family and friends, your close ones, it's really about asking the right mm. questions and saying, "Are you are you actually all right? Is everything, you know, yeah. that we're you know we're, and we're not friends?" Just taking that initial answer because so many of us I'm just fine. go, "Yeah, it's great, yeah. life's good, yeah. it's yeah. fine, yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't worry." Yeah. It's not but fine. Actually, deep down, it may not be, and it's about yeah. having those people around you that you can be there for them and they can be there for you. Yeah. You know, my story, I suppose, with that, that whole relationship thing is came out of losing a really close friend, you know, mm. uh, Jason, who is, is godparents to our two kids. And, you know, unfortunately through cancer, you know, in his mid-40s, and that really hit me hard. But that was the mm. moment of realisation was actually got to count and make the most of being around the people yeah. that you really want to be around and the people that you love. And, you know, 
it can be tough sometimes. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's great, like you say, to have a following of some description on social mm. media. And if you need that to promote your business, then that's great. But they're not your. They're not. They're, they're not going to be yeah. sat next to you by your side yeah. when you need them the most. And I think that's what we've seen real. in you know in in recent times in the press. You know, we can yeah. talk about the press, but I think we probably should leave that one. Yeah. But you know, but that's that whole piece, isn't it? People have these personas. They have you know huge followings on social media. Mm. And actually, the reality is they're lonely deep down. Yeah, and I can I can relate to that. I mean, obviously, with Fame Academy was a big experience in my early years. And it's a double-edged sword yeah. in that you, as an artist, if you're trying to become a music musician and you're, you're trying to become known because you ultimately want to sell records to those the fans of following, then you kind of, you do need that. But at the same time, the people that have bought into you through the medium of television, all they really had to do was turn the TV on and they have to just press BBC One or whatever channel you were on. And they can turn that off as quickly as they turned it on. Yeah. Um, they didn't come to your first gig on a on a bus with a whole bunch of people. You know, they didn't then travel to another gig where it was lashing down with rain and yeah. all the rest of it. It's not a grassroots thing. So I think that's why a lot of young, uh, talented individuals are kind of going down that grassroots route to success, which yeah. I think just so much better it's so yeah. it's so much more organic they just they don't ex, they don't have that expectation that the world's going to love them overnight i mean okay. it's still happening you know obviously yeah. reality tv is the still justin there. bieber effect is there yeah, isn't it? but i think it's starting to change now okay i think you know it's it's definitely the tide is definitely turning in, in a better way where i think you know as much as i was involved in it I feel that like I was lucky in that I was involved in a reality show that was more about the talent and the, the songwriting and the performances mm. than it was what went on behind the scenes and sort of the Big Brother way. So I felt lucky in that regard that yeah. I'd gone through that machine rather than some of the more magazine type yeah. experiences. I suppose it was the early days of reality TV. And it was still TV, early, yeah. Reality yeah. TV. So they hadn't it? quite realised what it, what it was to what be. What it could, yeah. Mm. When we hooked up for coffee and something I'd only learnt, you know, we've known each other sort of on and off or bumped into each other and have discussions. But when we had that coffee, you you talked about um, going off grid, you know, coming mm. out of that bubble yeah. and going off grid. Do you mind sharing that story no, with our absolutely. listeners? It's a wonderful thing to do. So I would, uh, yeah, I mean, what happened in our case was we this was just before we sort of started a family or just yeah. as we, we, were, we were starting a family. We'd obviously both lived busy, exciting lives. My wife was a chef for a long time. She's now a chef turned novelist, which is fantastic. But at the time, we were ready to kind of just take a step out of the the, the life that we had been living. Um, as much as Bournemouth isn't a city, it's not London, it's still a busy place to be yeah. if you're constantly in people's faces and you're constantly you know out yeah. there doing what you need to do. So we, we sat down and we talked about it and we decided that how, how fun it would be to go and live in the countryside and maybe work in a, an environment where we're away from it all. So that's exactly what we did. We found a, a live, a live in position in Oxford uh, on a 150 acre estate working for a quite a well-known family, which I won't mention who. Okay. But it um, sounds idyllic. It was lovely. <laughs> and it was summer and we, we brought our, our little Savannah with us and uh, it was fantastic. And the thing that happened almost immediately for me personally, and I know some great things came from it from, with Nina as well, with my wife, was just that sense of relief. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, all of the the waves and waves of fast thoughts that were constantly in my head prior to that, they just seemed to kind of dissolve. And as a result, you know, creativity came back, my yeah. health improved, our health improved. 
Um, again, it was like describing what happened when I worked on 1917. It felt like uh, an awakening, a wonderful awakening, yeah. spiritually and psychologically and physically, all at once. And for that period, it was about six, seven months, which actually led us to another position back down in Dorset, um, which was, again, wonderful. Um, so many good things came from it. So I would recommend to anyone who's in a, a tough business environment and they uh, they need to kind of straighten themselves out, as it were, and find a bit of balance is, I would recommend, going off, getting yeah. away from it. it. Not everyone can do it for prolonged periods, but I would certainly recommend yeah. it from a reset yeah. point of view. And I absolutely agree with that. I think there's too many of people, just in life maybe, but particularly business owners that perhaps have that better opportunity to, to get away from it, but they don't. Yeah. They think they need to be at the coalface. Yeah. And as a result of being at the coalface, yeah. they get lost in the in the detail, yeah. in the day to day, and they don't they lose that ability to be creative and strategic, yep. which is probably why they went into business in the first place because they had a great idea yeah, and they wanted yeah. to be creative and yeah. and they wanted to you know create this this business and you know even taking two three weeks out mm. of the business and trying to switch off the phone and trying not to be in contact yeah as you know it's, the reality of that is sometimes difficult but minimizing the contact and just getting away from it and taking yourself out of that environment, you come back fresh. I mean, I know, I find it, you know, if I go away from the Mm. business for, you know, and I say a prolonged period of time, let's say two weeks, Mm. I can feel the adrenaline and those first few days coming out of my system, you know, and it is a weird and unnerving. (laughs) (laughs) You you wonder what you're doing to yourself, but you, you feel the adrenaline come out. You feel yourself being more present perhaps with your family, your kids, or, you know, if you've, for me, if I'm then riding in the mountains, mm. you know, I'm there in that moment. And then I also have the experience, which I think I really love, mm. is that when you start to switch back in, yeah. the, that energy that comes back, that and actually the most creative moments yeah. where I've created change it's flowing and in the things right have happened. Yeah. yeah, As a result, when I get back in the business, oh, that moment where you've given your brain time, just your subconscious time yeah. to stop and think. All of those things that kind of yeah that resonates with me completely, and I um I remember my dad coming to visit me, visit me with my mum and her her two boys, and he was running a business at the time. It's, he's all wrapped and retired now and finished, but I remember taking what I had learned from that. I remember taking what I'd learned from that scenario and sort of explaining it to my dad, and it really helped him because. I found that, you know, he was doing what I was doing before I'd left. Yeah. You know, he'd turn up and within five minutes he'd be talking to me about business and he'd be showing me something on his phone and I'd be like, I just remember, <clears throat> I just remember resting my, my hand on his shoulder and say, Dad, switch your phone off, mate. Just yeah. look at look around you. Look at look at this. Look at those horses. <laughs> look at those apple trees. Look at the look at the kids, you know. Let's yeah. spend two, three days just talking about, you know, family and life. And, um, yeah, I, it was... He he said to me, um, I think a couple of days later, thanks for doing that. Because, yes, he, again, traditionally, yeah. business, business, business comes first. But it doesn't always have to come first. You've just got to find that balance. So yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you you've, you you can find the time yeah. from time to time oh, as well. I, to be. <laughs> I would like to say I always get it right. But if we ask Michaela and, and the girls, I'm sure that's not quite the case. And yeah. the business, probably. It's tough. They'd probably say I can let go a bit more. And they're probably, they're mm. probably right. Mm. So Absolutely. So... How do you define success? Well, doing what you're doing and the experiences you've had in life, how do you define success? Well, 
That's a good one. Because it isn't always, I think growing up, it was, I think it was that wanting to be known. Um, I got into a little... Yeah, because your definition of success must have changed it, over Oh, years. yeah, absolutely massively has changed. And I got into a, a, a very healthy conversation about this, <laughs> a debate about this recently with a friend. And it has changed massively. Success, the way I measure success for me, has changed massively. Because once upon a time, it would have been to be known. And that was that stemmed from wanting to be loved and appreciated and accepted and to have that connection with people. And that stems from quite, quite a young age. You know, I wanted to perform from a young age. I always had that desire and that confidence to, to go out there and do it. But then I realised that actually that doesn't, truly fulfill you it makes you feel good for a short space of time but it's not long-term yeah. success it's not it's not the right short-term gratification yeah. kind of thing. yeah absolutely so as the years have progressed and uh i've i've, I've done different uh, tried different um different things along the way success for me now is about being able to do what you love and to sustain it and to maintain it and to make a living from it and it doesn't have to be huge financial success it just has to be enough for you to continue doing it yeah. and hopefully along the way you have those spikes in that journey to take you out of the work element of what you do even though it's something that you love it still becomes it still ha you still have to have a, a work ethic based in and around it but also the family life so for me it's fa it's that balance so mm -hmm. success has been able to have almost as much time with your family as you do the thing that you love. Yeah. You know, if you can get that balance right, and it, it is hard, it is, it is it, again, it's a constant challenge. But I found myself the other day, my little boy, my middle boy, Bodhi, came into my office, and it was about, it's that kind of kick out of school time, quarter to yeah. four, and I've still got a bit of work to do. And I knew I needed to get it done, but, you know, he, he walked into the office and he said, Dad, can can we go play? And a lot of the time I'm quite you know, fairly disciplined and I say, I've, I've got to get this finished, but as soon as I'm done, we'll, we'll get the football and we'll go on to the park or whatnot. But on that particular day, I said, I looked at him and I just said, yeah, sure, let's do it. And I just literally shut my laptop, turned my phone over, turned my monitor off. And he looked at me and he just <laughs> sort of looked at me and went, really? <laughs> really, Dad? And I didn't I went, really expect yeah. that response. <laughs> and then uh, it kind of filled me up with emotion because he could, uh, I could see how happy he was in that moment. So, yeah, I have to try harder to spend more time, even if it's not, you know, I'm not really supposed to, with the kids because, um, again, generation, we talk about generations yeah. with our dads and our, my dad worked for British Telecom for 25, 30 years, and he was, oh, he was at work a lot, you know, yeah. um, and I remember him being at work a lot, and I'm thankful that he was because he provided for us wonderfully. But when your kids are at a young age, mm -hmm. they're not young forever, and you can't get that time, you can't get it no. back. And I've spoken to a number of different uh, entrepreneurs and, and business heads who, who are in a similar situation, and they uh, yeah, they struggle to find that time. So I've made it a, a bit of a Yeah, I uh, think it is. Thing. It's one I've, I, I've quite often admitted that I've always struggled with, but I try and remember... Somebody said to me once, you know, they're not yours. You're only borrowing them for a short span of time. <laughs> it's sad, isn't it? It's British oh, true. It's heartbreaking, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Chris has got tears in his eyes. <laughs> Good but job yeah. we're not filming this bit. <laughs> but, you know, they are. We only borrow them. Yeah. They only are with us, you know, for a yeah. short period of time. Make the most of that opportunity. Now, yeah, yeah regrettably, I'm not sure I've, I've always done that. But, okay. you know, I've built the relationship and I've, you know. Yeah. 
and you got you got to get that balance between providing and spending time and yeah, yeah only time easy. will tell. Yeah, hopefully. And I think the other thing is that with your kids as they grow, oh, it's, it's kind of gone into my head and gone out. Let me let me let me just grab it. It's in, it's in there somewhere. So ultimately, our our role, I feel, as a again, this has evolved. This this yeah. this feeling of being a parent is at first I thought the role of a parent was to you know to go to work and and work 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 like my dad did. That was the first thing that came into my head. So I changed things up a little bit as you know my career. This is this goes back now ten years, but then I realised that actually I'm falling now into the trap of what my dad did and i don't necessarily want that so i changed things again to try and make it more work-life balanced but ultimately our kids we want them to go on to be independent strong human beings who are capable of functioning in the world so we have to give them the tools emotionally and we have to give them the tools uh, the physical tools as well to be able to handle themselves emotionally and physically so that can mean you know I sit with my daughter for hours talking about her feelings and what she needs to, uh, about how she feels about life. And I'm happy to do that. And I've never had a problem with that. And I've say to her forever, you know, anything you need to talk to is confidential between dad and me and you and your mum or just me and you or whatever. But also um, the physical tools as well, you know, with the kids, you know, they need to be able to know how to do things, Yeah. you know, so mum's great at the cooking and the, you know, the, we have routines in the house where we, the kids are, they they have to do certain things and we weren't given those we were kind of wrapped up in cotton wool a little bit growing up and as a result it doesn't necessarily provide you with what you need to hit the ground running yeah. when you're 18 19 20 so i want them to be able to have that i want them we want them to be able to be able to look people in the eye yeah. <laughs> have conversations meaningful conversations and really connect with people um because already you know there's a lot of kids yeah. who are my same same age as your daughter and my daughter yeah. savannah 10 years old with a smartphone and I don't we're not, we're not into that at all no. so you know, though, isn't it massively yeah because it's that the world that we're living in keeping them kind of children which you kind of want to and making them independent and yeah but I think if we give them the best of us and the best bits behind the scenes away from technology first they can adapt to that yeah and then they'll know the difference between what's real and what isn't yeah you know if they if they I don't that. yeah, yeah. Because if they don't know the difference between what's real and what isn't through social media and all the rest of it, that's when a lot of kids, you know, they fall into that that trap and the trouble comes stems from that. So teach them what's real first, so they can they can see the difference once they're in it. So life sounds quite good at the moment for you, Chris. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So what do you think the future holds? The future. So I would love to do more. Um, I'd love to put myself in front of the camera more. I love being behind the camera and making films. Mm. I love my music. I'll always perform. Yeah. I'll always sing. I think until I'm in my sixties and seventies, I'll probably end up on a cruise, <laughs> cruise ship somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> cruise ship. The Frank Sinatra tribute. Absolutely, but it's good money in that. Apparently, <laughs> I see a bit more of the world. And when the kids have grown up, you know, I can maybe go back and do some of that touring that I used to do when I was younger and see a bit more of the world. And hopefully, I can do it with my wife. Um, um, but I absolutely would love to be in front of the camera more because I feel like. I've got the emotional capacity to bring it to the surface, mm. you know, being 40 um, and lived such an interesting life. And obviously I was thinking about this the other day. I've met hundreds of thousands of people, really interesting people along the way. And I feel really blessed to be able to have experienced those characters and those individuals. And as a result, I feel like I can take those characters and bring them to the surface through acting. 
okay. in so many different ways. So I'm hoping to try and, and really push push myself okay. more um, and develop more um, opportunities to get in, in front of the right casting agencies to to be able to audition for some of the bigger films and, and you know the, the Netflix type of, of series. And there's definitely those opportunities coming up. Mm. So I'd like to do more of that. I'd like to make more films independently. Um, as I say, music is, is always going to be there. Yeah, it's yeah. always going to be in the background. You'll, you'll see me in and around Dorset, I'm sure, <laughs> with my Michael Bublé tribute and all that nonsense <laughs> from time to time. But yeah, I think, yeah, from a creative point of view, the right script, the right opportunity, if it came along, I would absolutely relish it. Absolutely relish it. Fantastic. Mm. Can I ask, finish with one question. What hard thing in life are you not doing enough of right now? Oh, yeah, I, I could answer that very quickly. Okay. Um, it's exercise. Okay. Um, and I am exercising, but not nearly as much as I, as I was uh, last year and the okay. year before. And I think that's that slippery, slippery, slippery. I can't even say it, it's that slippery. <laughs> the slope of not running enough. Um, I got I got into running about three or four years ago, having never done it. As in, didn't do it in school. Hated it. The only time you catch me running was to get to the off license before it shuts. <laughs> you know. Um, but now I realise that I need to to make more time to. To exercise because of the the powerful benefits that come yeah. from it so many so many benefits physical and mental isn't it it's just yeah. incredible so, so if you could give me a give me a kick up the backsides every week and say chris are you uh you on the park run at upton this week if you are if you're not i'll you know yeah I'm not okay happy. right yeah you're gonna get that yeah you're gonna get those messages chris. yeah absolutely so i just need to do a little bit more exercise because i realize how powerful it is when you kind of get into that into that place Perfect. And if our listeners want to learn a bit more about Chris, where can they go to? Um, yeah, there's different ways that you can see and hear about what I'm doing. Uh, I've got the website for the film business, which is chrismanning.co.uk. Uh, you can see all of my music and film and various different things and presenting things that I've done via my YouTube page, which is YouTube forward slash Chris Manning Films. Um, and you can find me on Facebook at The CM Projects. Brilliant. It's been great to have you as a guest on the podcast, Chris. Thank you Thanks, uh, for joining me. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. My reflection on both my coffee with Chris and also in recording this podcast is that whatever we do in business or life and however confident and calm we appear at times, we're all going to go through those periods in life where stress is overwhelming, where we're feeling vulnerable and our resilience is being pushed to the fore. It is therefore really important that at such times we do devise mechanisms to cope but that we also share how we're feeling with others and support each other. Please remember, if you want access to further insightful content, events and inspiration, then please do go to EvolveMembers.com and register for free to get access to the Evolve community. You can also learn more about peer groups that are run by Evolve, the advisory development and coaching services that we also provide at Evolve, by going to EvolveMembers.com. If you're a business owner and want to work with a forward-thinking, award-winning, independent firm of business and tax advisors, then I and the team at Inspire would also love to hear from you. Please go to inspire.uk.net to learn more about Inspire. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if so, please do rate, review, and subscribe to future episodes. I look forward to you joining me again next week. Thank you for listening.